Welcome to the Theological Touchpoints podcast. I'm Julian. The focus for this episode is Foundations, Theology for the Everyday Anabaptist. In the last episode, we looked at five things that define our state apart from Christ. I had originally intended to go further in exploring justification with you in that episode, but due to the amount of content, I decided to split this into two episodes. In the previous episode, we were answering the question, who are we apart from Christ? And we looked at five things to define our state apart from Christ. Without him, we are in bondage to Satan. Without Christ, we are in bondage to sin. Without Christ, we have hearts that prefer sin over righteousness. Without Christ, we are alienated from God. And without Christ, we are destined for condemnation. We want to look now at redemption in Christ and how God redeems us from each of these. From each of these things that are a part of our experience outside of Christ, God redeems us. First of all, we are freed from Satan. If we study the gospel as it's revealed to us in Scripture, we understand that the gospel from the very beginning has been about crushing the head of the serpent. Genesis 3, God, as a part of the curse on the serpent, prophesies of his own son who will come to crush the serpent's head, to crush the rebellion against God. Then Hebrews 2 verse 14 says that Christ, through death, destroyed him who had the power of death that is the devil. Christ, through his substitutionary atonement, through his death on the cross, destroyed the devil's work and frees those who believe in Christ, frees them from Satan. 1 John 3 verse 8 says, For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Christ comes and redeems us, and one of the things he redeems us from is this captivity to Satan. We are freed from Satan. Secondly, we are freed from sin. Romans 6, verse 17 and 18. Paul says, God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, that's who we were apart from Christ, yet you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. You have received the gospel, submitted to the gospel, You were delivered to the gospel and delivered from sin. Paul continues, And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. Free from sin, now freed to serve God. God in the gospel delivers us from this captivity to sin, this this bondage to sin, this life that is defined by sin where everything we do is in the realm of sin. Now we are delivered from that, set free from a life of sin, set free to serve God. Third, God changes our hearts. By nature, we are those who prefer sin over righteousness. God says, in the gospel, I will give you a new heart. Ezekiel 36, verse 26. God says, I will give you a new heart, put a new spirit within you. I will take out the heart of stone, this hard heart that prefers sin over righteousness, prefers sin to God. God says, I will take out that heart and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. God changes our hearts so that while before we lived unrighteously, we lived in sin and loved sin, Now we love him, we walk in his statutes, we keep his judgments. 
Hebrews 8 verse 10 also speaks of this, and included in that is a quote from Jeremiah 31. God says, I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts. Speaking of the implanted word, put on our mind, put on our hearts, so that we now understand and love and do that which God intends us to think and love and do. Fourth of all, God redeems us by reconciling us to himself. Ephesians 2 verse 13 says, We who were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, brought into God's family, into God's house, into relationship with him. And Romans 5, speaking of salvation, speaking of justification, speaking of redemption, says the end effect of this is that we are reconciled to God. We have received the reconciliation through Christ. Whereas before we were enemies of God, children of wrath, now we are friends of God, children of God, adopted into his family, brought into fellowship, brought into relationship with God, restored to our creator. And finally, in the gospel, God saves us from judgment. Romans 5 verse 9 says, we shall be saved from wrath through Christ. So remember, when we talked about this, when thinking about our state apart from Christ, we spoke of God as the judge, and God as judge has three options. When a sinner comes into his courtroom, he must condemn them for their sin, or he must compromise his justice and receive them as they are, leave their sins unpunished, or third, he must change them into righteous people so they no longer deserve condemnation. And this third option is justification, God changing sinners into righteous people. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21 says, we have become the righteousness of God in Christ. God declares us righteous in Christ. God makes us righteous in Christ. And if we are righteous, which we are if we put our faith in Christ, those who believe in Christ are justified. And if we are justified, we are seen by God as righteous. We no longer deserve condemnation. In fact, it would be unjust for God to now punish us for our sins because those sins have already been dealt with by Christ. We are righteous in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.21, which I already referenced, also speaks of Christ taking our sin on himself, experiencing what we deserve to experience. Through his work, we become righteous, and our sin has been dealt with by Christ. God would be unjust to now punish us for our sins, because justice has already been met by the blood of Christ. We are sinners by nature, unrighteous, undeserving of anything but divine wrath. So how can the unrighteous be the benefactors of the love of a righteous God? We must first be made righteous. Unless we are righteous, none of these things are ours to enjoy. Not freedom from sin, not freedom from Satan, not reconciliation to God. The grace of justification brings with it all of these other blessings, redemption from sin, reconciliation to God. So we must be righteous to escape the coming judgment. God makes us righteous in Christ Making sinners righteous includes justification, but it actually includes more than that. It includes the the declared righteousness of justification, but it also includes the applied righteousness of progressive sanctification and the completed righteousness 
of glorification. A person's experience as a believer begins with justification, where we are declared righteous before God. It continues through sanctification, where we are continually conformed into the image of Christ, and it will be completed in glorification. When we see him, John says, we will be like him. When we are finally reunited to him, we will be like him. We will be righteous as he is righteous. In justification, God maintains his just character while being able to declare us righteous. And this reality, God maintaining his just character but declaring us righteous, is spoken of in Romans 3, verse 26, where speaking of the gospel, speaking of redemption, speaking of Christ's death on our behalf, speaking of justification, the Apostle Paul says that God is just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. And what he's saying here is that in salvation, in redemption, in the grace that is offered us in the gospel, God both maintains his just character and justifies those who put their faith in Christ. And notice that God the Father is spoken of here as the actor in justification. God is not just the judge, he's also the one who plans our redemption. The Father ordains redemption, Christ comes and accomplishes it, the Spirit comes and applies it. But it's God the Father's intention to justify sinners. And he does this through Christ. He justifies, and he can make sinners, make us just, make us righteous, because Christ has been righteous on our behalf, thereby meeting God's righteous requirement. And Christ has experienced judgment on our behalf, thereby freeing us from the condemnation we deserve because of our sin. Therefore, we are no longer under condemnation. If we are in Christ, we no longer deserve condemnation. He has borne our sin in our place. Sins are forgiven. Sins are put away. But justification is about more than just sin being dealt with. It's also being brought into God's favor. Justification is not a move from being condemned to being neutral. Justification is a move from being condemned to being in God's favor and under his divine blessing because of what Christ has done for us. He loves us in Christ. We are in Christ and because God loves his son, he loves those who are in his son. So we are now the recipients of divine blessing because of what God has done for us in Christ. He has justified us. He is just. He is holy. He is perfect. He executes justice fairly. And yet he redeems those who deserve condemnation by laying their sins on Christ, thereby freeing them from condemnation. And he lays Christ's righteousness on the sinners who believe in him so that those who believe are now in his favor, welcomed into relationship with him, welcomed into his family. God in the gospel saves us from judgment. And justification, which we've been talking about here, that specifically deals with this last aspect of redemption, that we are saved from judgment. But really, every aspect of redemption that we've been talking about, being saved from Satan, saved from sin, saved from a heart that loves 
sin and hates God and brought back into fellowship with God. Every aspect of redemption flows in some measure from this doctrine of justification. And I say that based on the fact that when the Apostle Paul summarizes the gospel in Romans, he summarizes it as justification. That is, all that God does in the gospel hangs on this truth of justification, for sinners to be brought into God's favor and to experience all the good things he intends for those who love him, they must first be made acceptable to him. He makes them acceptable. He makes them righteous in Christ. Justification is the doctrine upon which the rest of our Christian experience hangs. Put another way, justification is God's making us acceptable to himself through Christ. We are brought into his favor based on the work Christ has done on our behalf. Whereas outside of Christ, we deserve condemnation, in Christ we receive blessing. All the good we experience in the gospel is a result of God's grace extended to us in Christ. Justification is the essential expression and application of that grace. And so it's right to say that All of redemption, all these things we've talked about relative to redemption, flow to us through Christ. Salvation from sin and Satan, reconciliation to God, the new birth with a new heart, and certainly freedom from condemnation, all of these flow to us through Christ and are available to us because of what Christ has done for us and the fact that based on what Christ has done for us, we are justified. We are declared by God to be righteous, seen by God as righteous, received by him into his favor, into fellowship. So we've connected redemption to justification and connected justification to the work of Christ on our behalf. I want to look at each of these aspects of redemption, the five we've been working with all along here, and see how Christ's work, which is the basis of our justification, is also the basis of the rest of these aspects, the rest of these components of salvation, and how the rest of these things come to us through justification. First of all, we are freed from Satan. We are rescued from the realm of Satan by Christ. Scripture teaches that Satan's power is over those who join him in his rebellion against God. Those who are saved from sin through Christ are no longer in his dominion, no longer in rebellion against God, and therefore no longer his possession, no longer Satan's possession. Through Christ, we are rescued from the power of Satan. When we are justified, we're saved from sin and made righteous. We are also delivered from Satan and his dominion, dominion of sin, delivered to Christ, the dominion of righteousness. Secondly, we are freed from sin through Christ and through justification. In justification, we are freed from the consequences of sin. We are no longer destined to experience judgment for our sin. We are no longer in sin, no longer under sin. Sin no longer defines our lives. Sin no longer defines our eternal destiny. Third of all, we are given a new heart, and this new life, new birth, new heart, new creation comes to us by the work of Christ on our behalf on the cross. Again, it's Christ's work that makes this grace available to us. Romans 6 verses 5 to 11 speaks of this salvation from sin 
to righteousness. The old man dies with Christ on the cross. The new man is raised with Christ from the grave. Verse 6, Paul says, If we have been united with him in his death, certainly we shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. In verse 7, he says, The old man was crucified with Christ that the body of sin might be done away with. That is, the old man, the old way of thinking, the old heart, the old loves, the loves for sin, that man died with Christ when we are united with Christ in faith. The old man dies just as Christ died on the cross. The old man, the man, the person, the heart, the way of life, the way of thinking that used to rule us, all of that is put away on the cross when Christ defeats sin. Christ conquered sin, conquered death. We, when we are united to him, experience the same. The old man dies. We are resurrected to new life. And there's certainly an aspect of a future resurrection that's in view here, but Paul's main point is not speaking of a future resurrection. He's speaking of the change that happens now in the life of the believer. On the basis of what Christ has done on the cross, defeating sin, we too, when united to him, have sin defeated in our lives. Sin is put to death. Now, Paul goes on to describe the struggle we now experience, but sin is no longer on the throne. Sin no longer defines who we are or dictates what we do. When we are united to Christ, the old man dies. We are united with Christ in his resurrection. If we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. And Paul goes on to say then that we are to reckon ourselves dead to sin, alive to God. Sin is no longer our master, our old heart of stone is taken out, and a new heart of flesh is put in, so we now love righteousness and hate sin rather than loving sin and hating righteousness. Again, this comes to us through Christ's work on our behalf on the cross, and it is a part of God making us righteous, making us acceptable to himself, and is therefore connected to this grace of justification. Fourth, we are reconciled to God through the blood of Christ. So Christ's blood not only cleanses us from sin, it also purchased righteousness for us. He, in his perfect obedience, even unto death, secured justification for us. Ephesians 2, which we've already referenced, says that we who were far off have been brought near through the blood of Christ. Hebrews 10 verse 10 says, By that will, speaking of the will of God, We have been sanctified, notice have been sanctified, not will be sanctified, speaking of sanctification here as a a setting apart. Scripture speaks of sanctification in two different ways, and progressive sanctification as that which is worked out in our experience, but there's also an objective sanctification, that of God pulling us out of the world and setting us apart for himself, separated from the world, separated to God. We have been sanctified, speaking of an accomplished fact, set apart to God, made holy, through the offering, Hebrews says, through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Christ gave himself, offered himself once for all on the cross, by his atoning work on the cross, paying for sin and purchasing for us righteousness. We have been set apart. We have been sanctified to God. We are reconciled to God through the blood of Christ. And fifth and finally, because of what Christ has done for us, because of the grace of justification, we are saved from wrath. We escape the coming judgment, that of eternal wrath in hell, through Christ, and specifically through the righteousness of justification. 
We who were dead in Adam and under condemnation are now alive in Christ, freed from condemnation, declared righteous before God. Romans 5, verses 18 and 19. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Adam's sin, Adam's offense, brought judgment to everyone. And we who are in Adam are under the same judgment. Even so, Paul says here in Romans 5, even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. So we've seen the full scope of sin and who we are apart from Christ, and seen the full scope of redemption and what God has accomplished for us in Christ. Justification, that justification, the grace of sinners deserving wrath being brought into God's favor through Christ. Justification is the linchpin to all of redemption. Or perhaps better said, the work of Christ by which he accomplished our justification is the linchpin of the gospel. Until our sin problem is dealt with, that sinful nature which we exercise against God and earn eternal judgment, until that sin problem is dealt with, the rest of the blessings of the gospel remain aloof to us. It is Christ's atoning work on our behalf which secures our justification. That work provides not only justification, but all of redemption, and thus all salvation is of grace and grace alone. Every good blessing comes to us through Christ and the grace that is ours in Christ. Justification speaks of a sinner being accounted as righteous before God, but it includes more than just a legal or a forensic reckoning. It is definitely that. It's God's counting us as righteous. But in this counting and making sinners righteous, there's so much more going on biblically. Justification is that which moves us from being under wrath to now being under God's blessing. Justification moves us from being alienated from God to being included in his covenant and adopted as his children. Justification moves us from bondage to sin and Satan to the freedom of serving God, no longer slaves of sin, but now slaves of righteousness. Justification moves us from being dead in our trespasses and sins to being alive to Christ. Justification encapsulates the essence of what God does to save sinners. God rescues us from his righteous wrath and clothes us in Christ's righteousness, so we no longer deserve his judgment, but rather, in Christ, receive his love. Because we are righteous, justified through faith in Christ, we receive all the good things God has prepared for those who love him. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Theological Touchpoints podcast. This podcast is a production of Sword and Trumpet Ministries. For more information, visit swordandtrumpet.org slash podcast or theologicaltouchpoints.com slash podcast. If you have thoughts or questions, you can contact us at podcast at theologicaltouchpoints.com. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful who also will do it.